You are Locked On Giants, your daily podcast on the New York Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, along with Pat Trena of Inside Football, The Athletic, Sports Exchange, and the Journal Inquirer. We come to you on Tuesday uh, with some free agency news uh, flying around, you know, fast and furious. So uh, how you doing today, Patty? And, you know, let's get, let's get right into this as quickly as we can. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the, the big news of the day and, uh, of course, you know, the thing that, that pretty much, uh, you know, set uh, Giants Twitter into a massive panic this morning was, you know, waking up to the news that that Andrew Norwell to the Giants wasn't, you know, so much of a done deal, and you know, as had been previously reported, you know, and had been mentioned on Big Blue View and, and, and some other sites. Uh, you know, obviously Norwell is going to Jacksonville, you know, where, where Tom Coughlin gets the uh, gets, uh, you know, gets gets to poke fun at the Giants, and uh, the Giants have to go to Plan B. Uh, your, your your thoughts quickly on on Norwell, Patty? Well, I, I mean, with all due respect to our colleagues, I, I I understand everybody has a job to do, but this is the reason why you know free agency things change so rapidly. So just when you think you have a done deal, you actually don't, especially during the quote-unquote legal tampering window. So I, I never really understood how people could say, oh, it's a done deal, knowing how agents leak stuff to the media, use it to, to drive the prices up of guys. And I mean, it's, it's a big game, and, and I was just kind of surprised that a lot of people took it as gospel because all it ends up doing is it raises the hopes of the fan base and then when we have to turn around and say, oh, hey, guess what? It's not happening after all. Now you've got a bunch of angry and disgruntled fan, fans who are left to wonder what the heck is happening. So, I mean, I, again, I understand everybody's different and I'm, I'm not intending to, I'm not trying to be preachy or anything like that, but nothing is done until a name is on a contract. You can, you can certainly say, you know, it's headed that direction, but things change with free agency. And as I said in yesterday's show, what is accurate at 9 o'clock in the morning may not be accurate at 9.05. So you've got to be really, really careful about, you know, putting time stamps on and how the information is presented. So, P.S., the Giants apparently do not have uh, Andrew Norwell. Quite honestly, I am not surprised. Uh, Norwell was going to likely command big bucks and the Giants just don't have the big bucks to address him and to address all the other needs that they have and I know this is probably not what Giant fans are going to want to hear but my guess is they're going to have to do a bunch of uh, second to third tier signings and free agency and supplement through the draft in order to dig themselves out of the hole that they have gotten themselves into thanks to poor drafting. Oh, you know, Patty, I think you, you said that pretty well in terms of, of, you know, Norwell, you know, not necessarily being a done deal. You know, and even though, you know, we mentioned it at Big Blue View, we tried to warn people, you know, that nothing is done until it's absolutely done. 
until the name is on the contract. You know, I think the, the Indianapolis Colts found that out the hard way with Josh McDaniels. Um, you know, things things happen, things change. Um, you know, you see things on Twitter about, you know, oh, Gettleman got outmaneuvered or he didn't fight hard enough and this and that. Well, you know, the fact of the matter is these guys are free agents. Free means they're free to make up their own minds. They're free to go where they choose to go. You know, fact of the matter is, in in the case of Norwell, you know, maybe Dave Gettleman fought as hard as he could fight. Maybe he made, you know, he he probably made the 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 maximum dollar offer that he felt he could make. Uh, we don't know what that dollar offer was. We have no idea. But he, you know, the player in this case, Norwell, and and any player is is free to choose to go where they want to go. It doesn't mean that the Giants failed. It simply means that the player made a different choice. Right, and you know, there's only so much you can you can offer a guy. You know, you you can't you can't offer a guy, um, you know, a hundred million if you don't have that under your cap. You have to be realistic. And I was just saying uh, before on Big Blue Kickoff Live, you know, when you get into a bidding war now with with the state of Florida, where there is no income tax. Now you better be prepared to to add on to that because that's a very big advantage that that teams in Florida have, and I think Texas also has no income tax if I'm not mistaken. But you know, it, it, it's there's only so much you can do, and anybody who was expecting the big splash that the Giants made a few years ago when they signed Harrison and Ov and and uh, Jenkins, that just wasn't going to happen. It's not realistic. No, and then, you know, let's let's move on to, you know, the second thing that happened today that has also, you know, left the, the Giants fan base in in a foul mood, a state of panic, um, high anxiety, you know, whatever you want to call it. We've seen three Giants players thus far uh, today reportedly uh, set to sign with other teams. We've seen, uh, you know, Devon Kennard. We've seen Weston Richburg. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's just the two. But we've seen those two, you know, apparently ready to go elsewhere. You know, there's likelihood that, that other guys are also going to go elsewhere, you know, plus the Giants, you know, parted ways the other day with Dominique rogers Cromarty. So fans are in sort of an uproar at this point you know, about, you know, losing guys. And, and when I look at it, you know, Kennard would have been nice to keep, but the Lions paid him three years and $18 million, and I'm sorry, that's a that's a, a crazy number for a guy who's been a part-time linebacker the last couple of years, you know, and a sometimes situational pass rusher. Um, so for me, you know, nothing that's happened – Aside from you know missing out on Norwell, you know none of these guys that that they've moved on from is a big surprise. And hey, they went three and thirteen with these guys last year, so let's relax about about the guys that they've lost. You know, it's it's not even technically day one of free agency yet, so let's relax and see how this works out. Well, I mean. 
Look, I, I get it. Fans are anxious. They, you know, they look forward to free agency. Heck, we look forward to free agency. Sure we do. We want, we, we want to see how things are going to play out. And when things don't start to play out, it's almost like showing up for a concert or for a play and then finding out that the main act isn't going to go on stage, that you're going to get, you know, the understudy. So there's a, there's a level of disappointment. And I get that. I really do. But, you know, I will say this, and, and this is where, where I'm having struggles, if you will, in trying to reconcile what the Giants are trying to do. First of all, I've always thought the Giants are going to need at least a couple of years to straighten out the mess that was left behind. There's no way I see them straightening all this out this year, given the cap situation, given, you know, currently what they have in draft picks. Just not going to happen. So I think it's a two, at least a two-year rebuilding process. Now, with that said, the other thing you have to factor into the equation is that Dave Gettleman said when he was introduced as a new GM that he wants professional football players, not guys that play professional football, but professional football players. So in saying that, there's a specific type of guy that he is looking for. And you ask yourself, okay, these guys that he's letting walk out the door, is he letting them walk out the door because they're not professional football players and just guys who play for professional football? Is it because they don't have the resources? You know, th- there's a lot of factors going in. But, you know, I, I just find it, you know, I, I chuckle because people say, oh, my God, Dave Gettleman is asleep at the switch. And, and we don't know that. We don't know what discussions he has. All we know is Gettleman, uh, you know, he, he has said that he's going to make the best decisions in the interest of the franchise. And, you know, the last thing you want is for them to, get it, to continue this vicious cycle that they've been in for years. And I've pointed this out numerous times. You know, the bad drafts have forced them to overspend on free agents, and then when it comes time to sign their own guys that they want to keep, they can't afford to do so because they now have guaranteed money or big bucks tied up in, in, in these guys that are overpaid. You've got to break that cycle at some point, and I think that's what Gettleman is trying to do. You know, in terms of, of Gettleman, I'm not sure, you know, what people expected. The Giants went 3-13 and last year. They fired their head coach. They fired their general manager. They brought in, you know, new guys to make decisions. Of course they're going to turn this roster over. You know, maybe some of the decisions that they make will be unpopular, but that's that's the way that it goes. Um, you know, you bring in, the as you said, you bring in the guys that you want. You make the best financial decisions that you can. You know, we're not always going to understand, you know, certain things that, that happen. But, you know, it, it's a big picture. You can't fix everything in one day. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, you know, and I keep going back to the fact that the signing period technically hasn't even started. You know, this work just began to to build this roster. So, you know, you have the draft coming up. You have a lot of free agency coming up. Um, and as you, as you said, you know, Patty, it's a process. You're not going to fix everything in one day, in one week, in one month, or one year. 
So we just have to see how it unfolds. You know, the one thing that I wanted to get to that you had discussed was with Richburg and Kennard leaving, the, the paucity of draft picks you know, remaining on this roster. I'll let you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, um, I posted something just before we started recording a, a, a little while ago. Um, with, the depart- with the pending departures of Kennard uh, and Richburg, and with Pugh, Bromley, and Burhey, all UFAs who I don't think are going to be back. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, it doesn't look that way. The Giants have one player, JPP, from, from their last seven draft classes who has received a second contract. Also, they have three players from 2011 to 2015's draft classes that are currently under contract, Beckham, Flowers, and Collins. That is your problem right there. The bad drafts have destroyed this team, have forced this team into, into a, a vicious cycle of having to overspend, and then when they can't compete, you know, it, it just goes on and on and on, and it just boggles my mind, and I, you know, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but I get, I get angry when I think about this. How this was allowed to go on for as many years as it was, it's just beyond me. I just don't understand it. Well, you know, it's funny because, well, it's not funny, but it is interesting because it's a point that John Mara made when the Giants replaced Tom Coughlin, that that it was the roster, you know, that was the, the major issue, that it was the lack of drafting well, you know, for an extended period of time that was the major issue, you know, and here we are, you know, basically, you know, three seasons later in the same boat, turning over another, you know, turning over another draft class and once again, you know, looking at, at a team without a core of of guys, you know, that they drafted who will get second contracts, you know, it, and that's a shame, and, and that is the crux of the problem of why the Giants haven't, you know, haven't made the playoffs now for five out of six years, you know, and why they're basically starting over. Right, and, and here's what I don't understand. You know, John Mara talks about wanting stability in the leadership. Explain to me how what was done is stability. To me, it just rocked the franchise to the core. Yes, you had the same guy in the, in, in the, the GMC. You had the same guy running the draft. But how did that build stability in the organization? I don't understand it. You know, and I, I think I'm fairly intelligent. Maybe you can explain to, explain it to me because maybe I'm missing something. But I just, I, I never, you know, every time I heard st- the stability argument, I just cringed because I said there is no stability in this franchise, not if you're turning guys over, you know, at an alarming rate that they were. No, you know, I mean, it's it's sort of, you know, rehashing an old debate, Patty, but when that change was made, you know, I, I made the point that, 
to me it felt like you're you're basically making the wrong change at that point or if you're going to make that change go all the way and you know do what they did this time if you're going to make that change sweep out the general manager and, and because you're saying on one hand you're saying that the problem is the rosters that we're being presented with and the draft classes that are not measuring up and when you made that change you didn't address that problem you left that problem in place so 3 years later you know the giants are still in this cycle and they're starting over you know 2 or 3 years later than they could have you know and the shame of that you know as i've said many many times is is that you've wasted more seasons of a franchise quarterback of a guy who's shown you you know at least you know during the earlier parts of his career he he showed you that he was capable you know of winning super bowls and winning big games and you didn't put him in the in a position to be able to do that you know and that for me is really the travesty of the last half dozen years yeah i i agree you know and people say you know, are saying now, well, Eli Manning doesn't have anything left. Um, you know, they need to move on. We don't know that. How do you expect the guy to function when he has to run for his life, when, he, when he's constantly getting hit, when his receivers are dropping balls, when his, when his, or not getting open if they're even getting open, when his running game doesn't exist? I mean, how do you expect any quarterback to function? I don't understand how people can say, you know, Eli is the problem. Was Eli perfect last year or in years past? No, no one was. But to say that he's lost it, I mean, how can you make that that um, that, that determination? You can't. That is also the point that I've made, you know, last year and even the year before is maybe his physical skills aren't exactly what they used to be, but you can't judge what he is. You can't judge what he has left because he hasn't been working with talent that really gave him an opportunity, especially last season, you know, that, that gave him an opportunity to be successful. Right. And, and, and you know, look, if you, if you upgrade the talent around him and he's still making the stupid mistakes and he's not making the throws, now you know, okay, you know what? Eli, thank you, but it's time to move on. But you don't know that until you give him, you know, a, a decent supporting cast. And it's just, you know, it, it, it's a bad situation because what that has also done is it's muddled the direction this franchise might, might go in as far as the draft because now this franchise is probably saying to themselves, well, we think Eli isn't the problem, and we think he can be okay, but you won't know that for sure because you don't have the proper talent around him. So, unfortunately, it's just a major mess right now. Patty, let's uh, spin forward, and you know, in the wake of of losing Norwell, and and you know, as you said, you know, perhaps it's a bit of a of a major mess in terms of, you know, fixing this roster. Let's talk a little bit about plan B along the offensive line. Obviously, 
the Giants would have loved to have, have landed Norwell. I think they probably were willing to pay a significant price as much as they felt comfortable with under their cap uh, to, you know, to make Norwell the, the centerpiece of, of rebuilding that line. Um, for you, I mean, what do you see as plan B options and, and what you know, maybe who are some of the names you might be hearing or guys you might be thinking about you know that they could bring in to supplement this line well i mean one thing that i've always been scratching my head over is why such a big push on guards they need tackles okay norwell is a very good guard would he have been an upgrade? Absolutely. Would he have been nice to have? No question. But what do you do with tackle? That's what I don't understand, why everybody seems to be honed in on, on, on Norwell. Nobody's talking about the tackle situation where you have Eric Flowers, who's going into um, the final year of his rookie deal, assuming that they don't pick up his option year, um, a guy who showed some improvement but, you know, is still got a ways to go. Okay, they they uh, they got rid of Bobby Hart, who was supposedly to, to be their right tackle for for a few years. He didn't work out. So now you've got Adam Bisnawadi, who played one game after you know sitting on the practice squad for the majority of the year until injuries pretty much forced the Giants to bring him up. You have Chad Wheeler, who's maybe more of a left tackle, but you know a guy who still needed a lot more work being that it was his first year. So who are, your other, who are your other tackles? You don't have any. So to me, that's the position. If I'm Gettleman, that's where I go and I look at. And, and there, there's three guys that I mentioned, um, one of whom who I reported the Giants have an interest in, and that's uh, Pittsburgh's Chris Hubbard. Hubbard has played in 39 games with 14 starts. He, he's a, he's a, uh, a versatile guy but a guy who, who, you know, I think projects at right tackle. You have, you know, um, Cam- I'm sorry, you have Cameron oh, Fleming. Oh, you have Cameron Fleming of, of the Patriots, guy who has played in 47 games with 20 starts. And then you have, you know, and I know this is, this is probably not, the, you know, a guy who a lot of people want to see or, or whatnot, but he certainly has the experience, and that would be Austin Howard, currently with Baltimore, a guy who's played in 92 games with 88 starts. So you got to me, I would think you'd want to go and see if you can get one of those guys because you're not going to get a Nate Solder, right? He's going to probably be too rich for your taste. You might be able to bring Justin Pugh back, but, hey, everybody was talking about upgrading from, from Pugh to normal anyhow. So assuming the Giants felt that way, you know, what were the odds he was going to come back anyway? No, I think, you know, Hubbard is a good target. Uh, Perhaps Fleming is a target. You know, both of those are guys that we've talked about at Big Blue View. And and I think, you know, those kinds of guys, you know, guys who probably won't be incredibly expensive, you know, fairly young guys who are looking for bigger opportunities than they've had in other places, they may have been targets even if the Giants had been able to sign you know, a guy like Norwell, um, you know, if the, if the cap room would allow. Uh, because you're right. I mean, tackle is the bigger issue than guard. The problem really is that there just isn't 
a lot of depth, you know, in the free agency market, you know, at the tackle position. I mean, beyond the guys that, that we've already talked about, you know, Solder just isn't realistic, I don't think, because he, I think, you know, he's got a couple of, of pretty substantial offers from the reports that we see. And I just I don't think the Giants can, can compete with you know with what it looks like Solder is going to get. So the problem free agency wise is there just aren't guys that you really can plug in at left tackle. I think the problem in the draft is pretty much the same. There just aren't a lot of guys you look at in the draft class who are, you know, what I would call plug-and-play left tackles. There are some guys who could possibly be left tackles eventually who might start on the right side and move over. But this is, this is why, you know, the tackle, pro, the tackle issue is such a dilemma for the Giants because there just aren't obvious answers in the draft there's possibilities there's a few guys there but but there are no you know there's nobody out there you can say well he's you know he's a guy that's going to be a left tackle in the the nfl for 10 years and be really good at it so i think it's easier to identify you know guys in the middle you know who who might be able to upgrade the line than it is to to upgrade those tackles and, and, you know, that's the real challenge for Gettleman is to uncover some of those guys. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Ed. Tackles don't grow on trees. But with that said, you can't close your eyes to the fact that right now you have a very thin depth uh, ch- chart at that position. So you're right. You have to figure out a way to find guys that, that can compete and who can, you know, give you that depth that you don't have right now. Oh, I, I agree, and I mean, I just don't think, you know, on the current roster, you know, n- no offense to these guys, but, you know, Eric Flowers is not a long-term answer. Uh, Adam Biznawati is not a long-term answer. I don't see Chad Wheeler, you know, at this point as as a left tackle guy. Maybe, you know, maybe you throw him into competition on the right side. So you do have to do something, you know, but if you, I find it more likely, you know, in the tackle market that the Giants are going to be able to at least quickly, you know, fix that right side. Uh, I, it's it's going to be much harder, you know, to find a guy to replace Flowers on the left. Yeah, and, and you know, I know that's not what Giants fans want to hear, but, but you're right. They may not have a choice. They might have to, to stick with him and, and, you know, look, what what I'm thinking um, might happen with Flowers is let him play for his next contract, don't kick up his option, and just kind of see how it all goes. Because if he continues to show improvement, then maybe you can get him for less than than uh, what the um, <clears throat> what the uh, what the uh, tender is. The tender for a top ten draft pick, just so everybody knows, uh, it's the equivalent of a transition player, which is the average of the top 10 guys at his position. So I don't know what those numbers are going to be because obviously the markets have to be all set. But, um, you know, the Giants can't afford to, to put that kind of money down right now on, on, on Flowers. They have to see what he's going to bring them and, and go from there. 
Patty, with that said, I think we both feel pretty uh, pretty fired up about some of the things that, that happened today. But I, I think with that said, we'll call it a show for today. And we will be back tomorrow, uh, which will be Wednesday, the official opening of free agency. When some of these signings and, and rumors and things that we've been hearing, when some of those things can actually you know, become reality, when guys can officially put pen to paper, so we'll be back with you again tomorrow, Giants fans. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again. Bye-bye.